0: Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by human synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by our head of consulting, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne.
1: Hey, Dom. How are you?
0: doing really well, Corinne. I've got you on the show this week to talk about oppositional. No way. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's was, wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> so we've done a few episodes on different styles in the circumplex. Typically, we've done the, the blue style so far, um, but we thought we might flip it around and look at some of the aggressive defensive styles, in this case oppositional. So I guess what I'd be interested in this episode, you know, and someone who's listening to this, you know, maybe they just got debriefed and they have a bit of oppositional in their profile, so they're kind of interested in learning... A bit more about it. So I'd love to talk about, you know, what is it? What is it measuring and how might it show up? And how can we kind of work with it? Yeah. How does that sound for a plan?
1: Good. Good plan. Oppositional, I mean, all the styles are really interesting, but oppositional is one that comes up quite often and it sits it's an aggressive defensive style. So on the circumplex it sits at the bottom left hand corner. Hmm. It focuses on task, so it's a task oriented where people are attention and focus is usually on the task. Now, at the heart of oppositional is a tendency to use the defensive strategy, if you like, of questioning and being critical as a way of achieving a sense of status. Okay, so if I can question and challenge and scrutinize and point holes in your work what a byproduct of that is that i show that i know more uh-huh. okay so it comes from a need to feel and to look good okay and the way that when oppositional comes up how it plays out is and it's a, it's a defensive way of actually protecting myself and so what i will do is to kind of ask you all these questions that might actually be a way of getting you before you get me as well, which is the, the fight instinct right, yes. that sits underneath the opposition or all, all of the red styles. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. So it's sort of I need to, by pointing holes and things, I can kind of show that actually I, I kind of know what I'm talking about, you know, look at me yep. a little bit. Lots of people would push back though, Yeah, ironically, <laughs> and say, you know, shouldn't we point out flaws? Isn't it a good thing? If something's not right, that we should question it. You know, a devil's advocate, isn't that stuff useful?
1: Yeah. And it is. Okay. So remember that all of the styles have levels of intensity. So at a low level of intensity, if you don't have a lot of color in your oppositional, but you've got some, that's probably functional can be helpful because you don't, at the heart of oppositional, you're not going to take something at face value. You're going to do your own thinking around it and you're asking questions. So, If you're using it as a way to ask constructive questions, so you've got a fair bit of humanistic encouraging, it balances the the critic with being constructive, that's super useful. Uh Okay, that is the devil's advocate, but you're not trying to crush me, you're really just trying to understand. So it is useful to have a little bit of it, but it's how much of it, okay? The more color there is in oppositional, the more people perceive that you use it as a way to interact with them the more intense it is the more you're liable to disagree the more you're liable to, it, to be experienced as challenging being argumentative being stubborn and so with all of the styles a little bit of it a certain amount of it can be really useful especially with oppositional because it's that ability to think things through critical critically and you can be a constructive critic if you've got a good amount of humanistic encouraging that complements, you know, mm. more than the oppositional. If you just got oppositional and there's not much of the blue that sort of balances out, then people will just see the
0: critic. Uh, yeah, and, and I think you can you can ask questions and challenge from achievement. Exactly. As well. Yeah. Because you know? that's root cause analysis, cause and effect kind yeah. of stuff, right?
1: I think this goes to... Where is the question coming from? Why are you asking it? What's the motivation? Yeah. So remember that if the motivation is a security need, which is where oppositional sits, so it's a defensive style because it sits in this security zone. So when we go to oppositional, our insecurities, consciously or unconsciously, have been triggered and we're using this as a defense strategy. To protect ourselves. So it might be, you know, and typically it might show up in a, if it shows up in an LSI too, then people are hearing a lot of yes, but. Okay, I give you a solution, every solution I give you, you're going to give me a reason why it can't be done. And it's not a good idea, and we did it before, and it never worked that time. Don't think it'll work this time, or, you know, we don't think that you're experienced enough. There'll always be a kind of a reason why it can't work. Uh-huh. So, That's kind of how it shows up in an LSI one, an oppositional, high oppositional style might be that your self-talk is, you're very critical Uh, of yourself. You're uh, really able, you're really kind of finding things with what you've said just then, you know, that was a stupid thing to say and you know, can't believe that you said that and look at, you know, you said this, it was wrong. So it's really sort of that disagreement, that challenge, that scrutiny is projected back on self, Mm. and it can be that very harsh inner critic and that very tough taskmaster. It can also sometimes indicate frustration, okay? So maybe I'm frustrated with the situation Mm. and I'm holding that in, okay, and because I'm not expressing it out there. So oppositional LSI1 can reflect a level of frustration and anger as well as being that inner critic if it's really harsh and hard on self.
0: I've heard people say before, like, shouldn't you be your own worst critic? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that?
1: Should you? <laughs> I think that if you're a critic, then the way you motivate yourself is to point out everything that's wrong with you. I don't know that that's helpful All the time. It works for some people, but I think how much better is it?
0: It comes with a price tag. It comes with a price
1: tag. And how much better would it be if you could get motivated by the potential, the opportunity, rather than the potential for failure or being wrong? Mm. You know, so I think that people, I've seen in leaders that sometimes that heart, you know, I'm my worst critic is a protective mechanism to avoid failure. But how much better would it be and how less stressful could it be if you could actually motivate yourself from the potential and excitement of being able to chase something, stretch Mm. and grow? The other thing I think with oppositional though, so we've just talked about what it is and in essence it's a way of defensive strategy for disagreeing with people Mm. and you get different levels. At a low level, it might be devil's advocate, but at a high level, it's being critical, you know, and harsh.
0: So I lead with what's wrong.
1: I lead with what's wrong. Yeah. And what I was going to say though, sometimes I've often seen in profiles of leaders who are relentless problem solvers and quite deep thinkers that they'll have an oppositional spike. And sometimes I think what happens, the person is not intending to be oppositional but they lead with a critique of the work in front of them. They lead with a tough question. In their head, they're trying to be helpful because they're in problem-solving mode and they're identifying the gaps. Okay, But the thing is, if you always lead with what's wrong, it can deflate others when they work with you. It can get in the way of productive collaboration and sometimes all you need to do is just to explain to people why you're raising the question so don't lead with uh. the problem but lead with first of all check that you've understood it before you go into assuming that you know and start critiquing from that place so i think sometimes oppositional in terms of when people experience it they've what's happened is they've misunderstood the intent of the person so showing up as oppositional and it's often they're problem-solving in their head and they start with the criticism. It can also be a function of lack of time. So there are lots of reasons why people move into oppositional. Sometimes people move into oppositional because they are frustrated and they don't feel like mm. they're able to do very much about it, and so mm. then they go to a criticism of it, express their frustration that way.
0: Yeah, sometimes I think it's a short-term Win, it's yeah. like a tactical win, but a strategic loss, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a p- good phrase. Because yeah. because I can solve this problem right now, but I'm not actually building for the future. No. You know, by developing this person or, or whatever it is, or building relationships, yeah. you know? Because I guess that's the question for me really with it is, you know, we talk about it's not about good, bad, right or wrong. And as you said, maybe the intent could be I'm trying to help and stuff but it is more and less effective, mm. All right? So in what ways can oppositional thinking and oppositional behavior get in the way of our effectiveness? Mm. How can it trip us up?
1: I think how it's going to trip us up is that it will, one of the things about oppositional, a byproduct of it is that you push people away, uh, okay? Because you are blocking, deflecting and stopping, okay? Oppositional. So as you said, a short-term win, but a strategic loss. And so, sometimes people use oppositional as a way of blocking. Mm. Okay. So, so it's protective in that moment. It feels more comfortable in that moment. But what is the effect of having a pattern of blocking people? Mm. Okay. You're keeping them away. Mm. And so- from a relationship, the cost of being oppositional is that you start to burn some of the relationships that you have with people. No one is an island. You very very few jobs in the workplace, I oh, forget the workplace community, mm. you know, anywhere where you're interacting with people where you can just run things completely on your own. And so if we in the workplace, one of the costs of it is that you're pushing people away. And so when you need support, it's going to be harder to get that support, to have people who want to work with you. The other cost of it is that you may not grow because you're attached to your view or you're attached to wanting to be seen in a particular way. You may not allow other perspectives in. And so that is a very self-limiting position to be in and a career limiting in some areas so I think there's some of the the costs it's also very stressful one of the interesting thing about oppositional there's at a high level of oppositional you're very direct argumentative negative but there's this element of oppositional that's indirect so I may not say everything to your face I might actually talk mm. about you to somebody else
0: like the old moaning session about, you know, at the pub, oh, that cringe is the worst, you know. You know when that happens in big, in my experience at least, in big corporates, yeah. where it's like, oh, so-and-so in that department, there's like the pile-on, Yeah. which is all oppositional, Yeah. but it's indirect. Yeah. We're not actually talking to them about it. We're just like having a moan. That's Makes right. us all feel good.
1: And if you think about it, oppositional right next door to avoidance. So it's mm. down the bottom of the circumplex. And one of the mm. things that As you go down the circumflex, one of the things that is, you know, that is a characteristic that's shared down there is it's less visible. Okay. So part of actually self protection is being less visible. And so one of the elements of oppositional is I am indirect. So I may not oppose you directly. I might do it indirectly or I might talk about you behind your back. And so that is something that is a risk in terms of people finding out that you've done it and then you've lost that relationship. But it's not great for you too, because it could be that if you were able to express that frustration, if you were able to have that conversation in a way that was more constructive, it would dissipate. That angst, that frustration would go, you know, and the Uh, stress that comes with it would dissipate if uh, you could act on it in the moment in a constructive way.
0: Yeah. So- You know, in that case, if we've just had a debrief, let's say, and I've got a bit of a spike of oppositional, what can I do? You know, what are some ideas for things I could kind of work on or ways to approach it?
1: Yeah. I think the first thing with any of the defensive styles is understanding what need is it needing. Okay, Mm. so first of all, understanding when does it get triggered, what circumstance, who, maybe. And then what need is it trying to, are well, you trying to meet with it? So assuming that you've done a bit of that work, some of the things that you can do to work with oppositional is really to redirect your thinking. So the moment you start to feel that you are in your head criticizing or you, you lean across the table to disagree or, you know, before you jump to a conclusion, ask a question. So swap out a statement that you are going to make and swap it out with a question instead and a question that actually
0: helps you get more information. I was going to say, it depends on the question. Why do you think that's a good idea, Corinne? <laughs> oh, oh,
1: we've done it before. Or, Don't you think we, we or, should let it go?
0: <laughs> or the old, do you think we should do this, which is just a suggestion master's as a question. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. So the question is a uh, what, how kind of an open question. So what, how, which, when questions are always going to get you more detail. Now, the reason for that is it slows down your thinking and gives you an opportunity to check if your conclusion is right. It also gives you an opportunity to listen to the other person, to make sure that you've actually understood what they're saying. Mm. And if you ask a question, it doesn't mean you've got an... We're not saying to people, don't disagree. You know, I think it's healthy for people to be able to disagree and challenge constructively. What we're saying is don't make it into a fight and don't lead off with... There's usually, when it's intense, there's a heat. There's a kind of an agenda. So it's really like drop your agenda, hit the pause button, Ask a question and check that you've actually understood what the person's talking about. Mm. And even if you don't and you ask a question, you're getting more information and they will feel like they're, you're listening to them and hearing them. So that's probably the most, I think, powerful in the moment thing that, you know, if you've got high or medium oppositional to practice is press the pause button on making a statement or disagreeing. And ask a question
0: instead. I'd add on. We talked earlier about the tactical versus strategic things. Getting clear on what is the strategic win. Yep. What's the big win? Yeah, that we're aiming for overall. Because sometimes the stuff they're putting in these oppositional stands for doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, it, in the grander scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and but it can derail us from where we actually want to be going, which might be building relationships, increasing capability, yep. you know, of the people around us. And we can derail that for saying that's not really worth it, Yeah, you know, to put that in. So getting clear on what is the big one.
1: Yeah. And even what the, the goal is. So I think you're right, Dom, people can get blinded by in the moment being out of my comfort zone. Mm. And so we tend to that rather than kind of a really good question to ask is, what outcome are you looking for? Yes. You know, so it it blends both the question and long-term redirecting to the well. long-term outcome mm. or what's important about this. So it helps focus the conversation on what the outcome where it should be, where it could be helpful.
0: Because here's the thing about oppositional. You think you're having strong influence on stuff, right? Because on the blocker. Yeah. But what ends up happening if you're living down there, what ends up happening? is people go around you, right? They start working out. Corinne's the blocker. How do I work around her and get stuff done anyway? Yeah. So you actually ultimately lose your influence. Yeah. Because now you're not in the conversation. People are deliberately leaving you out because they know that they're going to hit a wall. So they're going to go around it or over it or whatever.
1: That's a great point. You do. You lose your influence. You lose your network and the relationships Mm. that support you having that influence. Mm.
0: What about from a thinking point of view? What can Mm. you do if you've got that strong internal oppositional critic or Mm. you know the first thought is always like, oh, my God, like I see what's wrong with stuff is kind of a first thought and that's where Mm. I go. What can I do there?
1: I think, look, some of that is actually understanding that, trying to understand that somebody else's view doesn't need to be a threat to you. Okay, so interestingly, it's really about – Working self actualizing in terms of getting oh. that sense of s- positive self and understanding it's kind of exactly the same. Okay, well, that's my inner critic talking to me. I'm just going to turn the volume down on the in- inner critic and ask myself what's important here. And instead of criticizing, you know, and seeing all the fault in what I've done, or even in my own head, seeing the fault in others. What's important here, what would help me move forward? Oh. So it's actually just a lot of these things, Tom, about redirecting your attention to a constructive question. Yeah. That will kind of if you pick up the thinking, the defensive thinking early enough, then you can redirect it with a positive question or a when I say positive, I mean a question that would leave you in a in progress, oh. not keep you stuck in a feeling Uh, that doesn't feel good, uh, you know, and makes you feel stressed
0: and a bit miserable. And I think the the key with what you're saying is that it can still be a challenging kind of question, right? It's still, how do I improve or how do I do it better or something like that? But it's without as much of the judgment kind of attached to it. Because sometimes I think there may be people listening to this who think, well, it's just about giving myself a kind of false pat on the back. But that's not actually what it is because that's not, and real and realistic and honest assessment of the situation. Because yep. maybe we did make a mistake or maybe something didn't go to plan or whatever. Yeah. And We've got to be realistic about that. But what's the question we can ask that moves us forward and we can actually deal with it and it leaves us in a better place than one which is just kind of busting, you know, like beating ourselves up. Yeah. Which doesn't really actually help us move forward.
1: Yeah, and I think that sometimes that's absolutely right. It's It might be the other question to ask is, So the we talked about what's important about this. The other thing is, is it true? What's your evidence? (laughs) What's the evidence? You know, so actually questioning your own perspective and your position on it. Where is the evidence that that's true? And you know, what's an alternate view? Okay, if I was sometimes, if I was my mentor, if I was my you know child, and they were saying this to me, then how? So adopting a different perspective how could I see this differently? So that's reframing and reappraisal. So I think they're really useful in terms of the self, you know, the critic inside myself on how to kind of, the other thing that I do too, and, you know, I work with others is to kind of visualize a volume or a uh, some kind of a lever that you can kind of turn down or uh-huh. or pull to actually just suspend that judgment. Ah. So pause, suspend that judgment, redirect with a question that's useful. What's important? What's my goal? How could I see this differently? When I, I you know, I was quite good at doing oppositional <laughs> internally and with others as well. So with others I used to, and I use the same Redirection for when I'm picking up myself that I'm being critical of myself and others. And I ask myself, what am I missing? Uh, Okay. What am I missing? And that question just gets me to, it like gets me to laser focus on another view, uh, another perspective and and
0: to explore and be curious and to
1: explore and be curious. You're absolutely right. Takes me to that curiosity of self actualizing and humanistic encouraging. So I think there's some of the, the ways that I would work with oppositional internally. If you don't have oppositional in ULSI 1, but people have perceived and uh. experienced what they think attributed oppositional to you, then some of the things that you might do is the first thing to do is just notice now that you have this awareness that people perceive you as being behaving in an oppositional way before you try and action anything, just observe yourself in interactions. And I get people to, and I think we've put it on one of the show notes before, a self-audit log. Ah. And just note down what you notice about yourself. What language are you using? Are you starting a lot of sentences with disagreement or negative type terms? Yes, but. So just notice what you notice. And if you kind of First of all, you've got to understand if you don't have opposition on 1, but people are rating in 2, that's a blind spot. Yeah. And so the first thing you've got to do is understand how they're seeing and hearing it from their point of view. The other thing that you can do is pause, start with a question as we've talked about, look at the long-term goal versus the short-term gain. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think too is look for what's valuable. You know, so sometimes with leaders, I say confirm before you correct. You know, so confirm what it is that you do like about it. Confirm that you understand where they're coming from and what their motivation is for doing this. So it's not about not correcting because it's, it's not useful not to have any disagreement. You're not, you know, it is healthy to have disagreement. You have to. So we don't want you to go to green and be nice all the time. What we want you to do is to, confirm before you correct. So that will either mean that you confirm your understanding or you confirm what you really like about the effort that they've gone to or the what you really like about what you do like. You know, I really uh, like this. I really like that. Uh, I have a question about this. I'm not sure that I agree with you. So the other thing is to let them know that you have a difference of opinion. It doesn't always have to be an adversarial block.
0: Yes. And final point for me would be don't tie yourself up with your ideas either. Yeah, right. They're just ideas. Yeah, you know. So if you can, like, here's option one. Here's option two. Yeah. And I might think option one's the best, but if I can separate myself from it, I can kind of look objectively at both options and what yeah. are the merits of it both. Otherwise, I kind of start tying myself up with it, and that's why I can hold on to it potentially.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think. For those who have opposition or but they don't mean to be, yeah. just watch how you deliver, yeah. the tone that you use. And also just remember that you are midway through a problem solving process if that's what's happening and, oh. and they don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so let them know. Make your thinking explicit. Hey, I've been listening, it you know, it sounds to me like X. What I'm not seeing and I'm curious about is why. So explain what's going on in your head rather than
0: just kind of landing it. I love that, actually. So rather than, because I think we do that, we're actually problem solving in our own head, but we're only sharing the conclusion. Exactly. <laughs> but actually, if you just stepped it back and, and went through those, you know, the thinking pattern, the yep. problem solving steps with the other person out loud, yep. actually, they might come across in a whole different way.
1: Oh, totally. It always it does I'm, come across in a different way. I'm, I'm
0: going to do that one. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: Yep. So there are a few of the suggestions in terms of how to build it. It's really, I mean, in some ways, it really is about redirecting attention, pausing, asking questions, focusing on what matters. The other thing is if you find that you've got two people who are oppositional or you're in a locked in a kind of a battle, you know, where you're just doing this volley Mm. of opposing one another. One of a version of what you said, Dom, is to find what you agree on. Mm. So find the common ground rather than let it become, you know, either or. And that's the thing with oppositional. It's an either or, black and white kind of thinking. Mm. So it's really, the trick is really allowing yourself
0: to look at different perspectives. And, I, you know, on that, I always tell people climb the alignment ladder, right? Weird. (laughs) Because at some point, if we're both working for the same company, our goals must align somewhere. Yeah. We want a great outcome for the company. Yeah. Whatever that might mean in our specific context, right? And it's only when you kind of go further and further down that now you're in this team, I'm in that team, and we have a different view about how we could spend the budget or something. Yeah. Right. But ultimately, we're actually all on the same team. We should be shooting for the same goal. Yeah. So go up to where we do agree and then work back down. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Because in the down level, I like that idea of a ladder because when you're on the lower rung, you are stuck in your position. Okay. Mm. So you're not talking about common interests or goals anymore. Mm. You're just stuck in a position that you're going to fight for. And so it's quite rigid. There's no space to be in there with you unless I agree with you. Yes. So it is about stepping up and seeing what else you can see. And if you don't see anything else, then step up again. Exactly. Keep walking up that ladder until you see a bigger picture. I love that. I'm going to use that, Dom. Great.
0: (laughs) All right. We've both got something from this. We (laughs) hope the listeners have too. Thanks for your time today, Corinne.
1: No worries. Thanks, Dom. See you soon.